0: Welcome to Empowered by Hope, a new podcast where we share our insights, optimism, and enthusiasm for medicine and all its possibilities. In each episode, we'll dive into the health and medical topics that matter most to you, our listeners, right here in Orange County, California. Hello again and welcome to the Empowered by Hogue podcast. Our guest today is Dr. David Ahn. He specializes in endocrinology and serves as the program director for the Mary and Dick Allen Diabetes Center at Hogue. He also holds the Dr. Chris V. Eyer Endowed Chair in Diabetes Care. Dr. Ahn leads a nationally recognized team of endocrinologists, certified diabetes care, and education specialists, registered dietitians, registered nurses, nurse research coordinators, and health and wellness coaches who provide a comprehensive clinical and educational program for adults, teens, and children. Now, prior to joining Hogue, Dr. Ahn was an assistant clinical professor at UCLA, and he received his medical degree and completed a fellowship in endocrinology at UC San Diego. Dr. Ahn has a special interest in all things diabetes technology, ranging from smartphone apps to continuous glucose monitors and automated insulin delivery systems. While he realizes technology is not for everyone, it does offer many potential benefits that can improve glucose control and quality of life in people with diabetes. Dr. Ahn, welcome to the Empowered by Hope podcast. Thanks for having me. Okay, we're going to dive right into diabetes talk now, and I think the first question typically we get you know, you get asked or other people talking about diabetes is what's the difference between type one and type two diabetes?
1: Yeah, I'm glad that we're starting there because I think it's frequently misunderstood. um, And a lot of the other questions we talk about, I think will depend on having a proper understanding. So type one diabetes is the type of diabetes that you commonly picture young children who have to be taking insulin all the time. And that isn't a problem of insulin production. So what happens in type 1 diabetes is it's an autoimmune condition, which means that your body's own immune system attacks and destroys the ability to make insulin. And insulin is a hormone that's very important to lowering blood sugar. So without this, without the ability to produce insulin, these young children or anybody with type 1 diabetes can't make insulin on their own, which is why by definition, right from the start, they have to take insulin. Now with type two diabetes, this is an issue of insulin resistance. And insulin resistance is a buzzword that you're hearing a lot about these days. And it's something where the body still makes insulin, but because of the resistance to insulin in the body, it doesn't have the same desired effect that it should. So even though the body's making insulin, the blood sugar does not go down in the way that it should. As a result, people often have to start by doing lifestyle modifications to lower their blood sugar naturally or they can take pills or injection therapy to help decrease that insulin resistance and make the insulin have the desired effect that it should. Down the road, some people with type 2 diabetes do still need to take insulin, but at the start, unlike type 1 diabetes, people with type 2 diabetes can sometimes manage it with lifestyle alone or just pills or injectables.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the relationship now between diabetes and obesity. Is obesity the cause of diabetes? Is diabetes the cause of obesity? What's that relationship?
1: Yeah, that's a great question as well. So it really, there's definitely a lot of interplay between obesity and type 2 diabetes. Um, It really is unrelated to type 1 diabetes because type 1 diabetes, once again, is an autoimmune condition. But with type 2 diabetes, there's a lot of interplay. And what I like to tell patients is that I know many patients, it's not they're not one in the same. So I know patients that are over 400 pounds that don't have diabetes, and I know patients that are 120 pounds that do have diabetes. So they're not one in, it's not a one-to-one correlation. But it is true that as you have more weight on your body, it tends to increase insulin resistance, and it increases the likelihood of having diabetes. So I would say in combination with genetics um, and genetic predisposition, weight Obesity can definitely increase your risk for having diabetes, but it's not one in the same. So
0: let's talk a little bit about diet then. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the best way to manage here? Low carb diets, intermittent fasting. What do you recommend? What do you tell your patients?
1: Yeah, so there's a ton of different. Yeah, diets we can, we can, that are we can out have there. a whole
0: conversation about that. Exactly,
1: and um, you know, my joke with patients is that I say. You know, if you talk to five different doctors, you'll get six different dietary (laughs) recommendations. And I think it's true because it's such a personal thing, right? Definitely people have different passions. Some people are really excited about low-carb. Some people get really excited about going vegan or whole food plant-based. And so I generally try to have an approach where... I can accommodate different people's preferences. And the reality is, is you can very, you can be very successful in managing your blood sugar and your weight uh, with different approaches. And I think that's great because some people, like I said, really lean towards low carb diets. Some people really lean towards a vegan diet. So you don't have to force a vegetarian to become a carnivore and you don't have to force someone who wants to be keto to eat a bunch of, you know, like, uh, like plant-based food that may have some carbohydrates. So you can really be successful with both options. I will say though that in general carbohydrates are kind of the the enemy so to speak in diabetes because carbohydrates is what turns into sugar in your blood. So I as a someone who sees a lot of patients with diabetes, I do tend to favor low carb diets, but I don't but I also think you can be very successful with other diets as well. You mentioned intermittent fasting and that's something that's very popular these days. What I generally tell patients is that I don't think I am not in the camp where uh, some people will say that, you know, intermittent fasting is almost a little bit magical, like it has these benefits that supersede just calories in, calories out, or things like that. I don't necessarily think there's anything distinctly better about intermittent fasting than other diets, but I think it's a great strategy. It's kind of a great mental hack to eat clean, because a lot of people make the worst choices in the morning, or kind, of you know, when they're getting Starbucks and they're grabbing the pastry, or kind of at night after dinner when they're raiding their pantry, I think those are generally time periods where people struggle to make good choices. So intermittent fasting can be a really effective strategy, but it's not necessarily automatically the best approach. If it works well for you, I think you can have really great results, but I don't think you have to be intermittent fasting to have success. We all know people that do really well eating you know, five small meals a day. So I think you can have success that way. You can have success with intermittent fasting. So it's nice that there are different options for different types of people.
0: So we're sitting here talking about management, treatment, Can diabetes be reversed or cured, I guess?
1: Yeah. (laughs) So that's a really great question as well, because I get it all the time. Literally this week, I think I've had four patients use that same terminology. And I think part of it is because there's a lot of buzz these days about reversing diabetes. Mm -hmm. You know, if you type in reversing diabetes into Instagram or something, you'll be bombarded with uh, different people telling you about how to do it. and. To some degree, I think you can reverse diabetes, but my big issue with reversing diabetes is I think it's a little bit deceptive. The terminology is not very precise Mm -hmm. because I think when most people hear the term reversing diabetes, they think of curing it and making it go away altogether, and that's not really what actually happens. So um, it is true that with aggressive lifestyle modification, you know, diet and exercise, many people can get to the point where their blood sugars are well-controlled and they don't need medication. Um, So you're definitely reversing things in the sense that you're no longer on medications, your blood sugars are in a great place. But I like to use the term diabetes remission, because I think it better implies that if you fall back into old habits, or you regain your weight, then the diabetes could very well come back. So the illustration I like to tell my patients is, you know, when you talk to someone who struggled with alcohol, a lot of times they'll say something like, uh, I'm an alcoholic, but I've been sober for 20 years, right? Which is a weird thing to say because you're like, if you haven't drank alcohol, mm-hmm. why are you an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of the same thing with diabetes. So you can get to the point where you're not on medication, your A1C, your hemoglobin A1C, which is a marker of uh, diabetes. You can have great blood sugar performance, but you can still have that predisposition if you fall back into bad habits.
0: I guess a perfect explanation of that can diabetes be reversed versus cured? dilemma or talk that's out there. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the glucose monitoring. And, right. you know, you always think of diabetes and finger sticking. Is finger sticking no longer necessary or is that still need to be ha- still need to happen?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So many people now, I think, are starting to see other people walking around with these continuous glucose monitoring sensor patches, uh, often on their upper arm. There's ads on TV talking about it. And these things have gotten more and more popular over the past five years. And they're exciting pieces of technology. Um, They're getting more accurate. They're getting smaller. They transmit data directly to the smartphone. They can stream the data, you know, to a loved one across the country. So they are mind-blowing pieces of technology. And in many instances, they can reduce or substitute, reduce the need for finger sticking or replace a finger stick. However, finger sticks are kind of the gold standard because they check blood, whereas CGMs, or continuous glucose monitors, detect something called interstitial fluid. So if you want to be the most accurate at a single point in time, I would probably recommend doing a finger stick. So don't throw away your finger stick meters okay. just yet, but in most instances, you can get away with the accuracy and kind of the continuous stream of data from a continuous glucose monitor.
0: Uh, One of the things I'm sorry, I'm going back to diet for a second here. You know, when someone is is diagnosed with diabetes, it does it affects the whole family, right? Not just that single patient. I remember and even in our family, when we had a member diagnosed with diabetes, we quickly went out and it was everything was sugar free foods. So is that a safe way to go? Or is there some hesitation there with saying, okay, let's just be a sugar free food family?
1: Yeah, that that story that you shared is actually really touching because it reminds me of my family. Like this is part of why I became a diabetes specialist is that I remember I was in junior high. My mom was diagnosed with diabetes. It was very, you know, it was very family. I was in junior high too, exactly the same time. You know, my mom was freaked out. She was really sad and you don't really see your parents cry and stuff like that. And yeah, I remember we would like buy Diet Coke, right? We threw away all the soda. We bought Diet Coke to try to make my mom happy, but and it probably made, made her feel worse. Options yeah, <laughs> probably made yeah. her feel yeah. worse in real life. But uh, but yeah, so we tried our best. And so I would say in many ways, sh- true sugar-free options are actually good for diabetes, right? Because it doesn't have sugar, which is kind of the enemy in diabetes. So things like Crystal Light uh, or Diet Coke or sh- um, you know, sugar substitutes can be very effective at helping people manage their blood sugars. That being said, I think a lot of products that are advertised as sugar-free can be very deceptive because sometimes they're just referring to things like added sugar. So you'll see things like candy, for example, and it says, you know, zero grams of added sugar. But when you look at the label, it will actually still have a lot of carbohydrates. And those carbohydrates, even though they're not added processed sugar, they convert to sugar later. So you have to really be wise about reading nutrition labels and really understanding food to to pick the right choices, and just looking for, you know, sugar-free can sometimes be deceptive. That is great information. You've been listening to Dr.
0: David Ahn. He is the program director of the Mary and Dick Allen Diabetes Center in Newport Beach, and he holds the Dr. Chris V. Iyer Chair in Diabetes Care want to mention Hogue is ranked number 33 nationally in diabetes and endocrinology by U.S. News and World Report, and is dedicated to making a positive difference in the lives of people with diabetes through its clinical and educational services. Dr. Ron, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. And that'll do it for this episode of the Empowered by Hogue podcast. We thank you for listening. Please remember to give us a like and follow us for future episodes. Thank you for listening to the Empowered by Hoag podcast. If you haven't already, please remember to like, comment, and review, and subscribe to catch all our future episodes. For more information on Hoag or to book an appointment, visit Hogue.org. That's hoag.org. That's H O A G.org.